Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. Uh, probably one of the most important series I think that we are going to do all year. And I think I say that for every series, but I absolutely love this one. Can I just tell you, I was looking actually at the calendars here and I look back already at the first few months of this year. And I thought that this year has been one of the best when it comes to our series. I think we've had incredible series this year. And I think that as a church, we're walking and growing together and I'm really pumped. And we just finished a series on the book of Galatians. Come on, anybody enjoy that? It's been absolutely phenomenal. The last two weeks heard from team, heard from my wife, and I really think it was absolutely amazing. And, and I pray that you received everything you could from the book of Galatians. I pray that you had your study time, connect groups. I know we're discussing it. I pray that you're part of connect groups. And we were talking about our freedom, a life full of freedom in Jesus. And so we're going to move on now to this brand new series. And, and I think that the next few weeks are important. I think if you want to miss church any other Sunday for any other reason, do it after this series. But, but be part of this series every single week. Week because I think there's a big misunderstanding when it comes to the gifts of the Holy Spirit, right? We've all been exposed to different things or seen different things on TV or whatnot. And so we have certain uh, thoughts, and dispositions when it comes to the gifts. But I think it's powerful because I think God wants to give you more gifts. I think God wants to bless you and empower you. That's really my prayer. And I believe that our church is about to go into a brand new time, a brand new level. Come on, times of revival, times of, come on, this is what I'm praying. Anybody with me? I really believe that there's a brand new fresh season coming for our church and I'm pumped about it. I've been praying about it and really looking forward to this series because I think it's going to help us all. Can I get an amen? Come on, anybody ready for this? Come on, let's do it. Go to John chapter 16. Go to John chapter 16. As you're going there, look at your neighbor one more time and tell him, I prayed all morning that I would sit next to you. Come on, look at somebody next to you. Look at neighbor number two and tell him, actually, it was you that I was praying for. (laughs) All right, go to John chapter 16. I pray you're ready for this. Come on, I'm ready. I'm pumped. I'm believing that the next seven weeks are going to be seven weeks of revival. That's what I'm praying. Three people are praying that with me. Come on, anybody praying that with me? I'm praying seven weeks. You know what I'm really praying? And tonight we have a little bit more time. These services, we got to kind of go kind of like really quick because we got back-to-back services, 9-11 and 1. Uh, but tonight we're going to have a time of prayer tonight at 6 p.m. And I'm going to pray that God just refreshes us with his Holy Spirit. If you want a fresh touch from heaven, if you say, God, I want more of your Holy Spirit, come tonight. We're going to lay hands on some people. We're going to pray over people. All the pastors are going to go around the auditorium in our brand-new 6 p.m. service that we started a few months ago. And it's an incredible opportunity. I'm believing for times of revival in our church. Come on, we're stepping into a new season as a church. So I'm really excited about it. John chapter 16. This is Jesus. Jesus has been hanging out with his disciples and he's getting ready now because he's about to transition. He's about to go to the cross, go down to the grave. And after that, he's going to ascend, uh, resurrect and ascend back up to the father. He, he's preparing them and look at what he tells them before he goes. Picking it up in verse number seven. I'm reading out of the ESV. Uh, you can follow along on the screen as well. Jesus says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. Hmm. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, 
because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. Verse number 12. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. But when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine, and he will declare it to you. Come on, anybody grateful for the Holy Spirit? Today, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. I want to talk to you from this topic as we kick off this brand new series. I want to talk to you from this theme, the advantage. The advantage. Look at three people around you and tell them, I got the advantage. I got the advantage. Come on. I have the advantage. I'm excited for these next few weeks, and I pray you are too. I'm praying for you. Believe in God to move in a special way in your life. Come on. Let's pray. Let's close our eyes. Let's bow our head. I'm going to speak about this for a few moments. We're going to go to the Bible, and then we're going to worship Jesus. Father, I thank you for this morning. Thank you for this beautiful church meeting across two locations right now, from Kendall to City Campus. I pray that you would bless us this morning. God, bless this family. We need, we need you, and we want more of you, Holy Spirit. I'm believing for a fresh new season in our walk, in our journey, in our family, in our marriages. I'm believing that you're going to heal, free, save, and deliver, Jesus. Have your way in our life. We love you, and we thank you. It is in Jesus' name. Come on, all of God's people say. Come on, all of God's people say. Can you give Jesus one more praise? Come on, one more shout of praise. I really believe that access is important, to have access to something. And and I think there are times in life where we want to access something but we don't have the opportunity to do it for whatever reason, whether it's time, resources, finances. There will be moments in life where you will want to access something and not be able to get to it. Have you ever wanted something but not had access, access to that thing? Has that ever happened to somebody? Right? We need something. Perhaps it's vital in your life, but there is no access. Somebody say access is important. It is important. What do you do when you have no access? You realize how important it is. This past week, as I mentioned, we were in conference. We were in Sydney, and conference is really like a week long. It is awesome. But, but one, one day I woke up, and, and I was extremely sick this morning. I felt like I was coming down with a cold, really almost like a fever. I woke up this morning, and, and I was sweating. I, I got cold chills. Come on, everybody know what I'm talking about. I hate it. it I just felt sick to my stomach. I don't know what it was, but, but it was bad. It was brutal. It was, it was horrible. And I was staying with Kenny in the same room, right? We both went together for conference and he was concerned. He started praying for me. A few minutes later, he left the conference and he left me by myself. <laughs> I love Kenny. I actually said, Hey, you go to the morning session. I don't know if I can make it. Like I was, I was bad. Like I, I started getting chills. I, I just felt like, Oh my God, what is happening for me? When I get a cold, my bones hurt. Anybody like me? Come on. Everything begins to hurt. And, and I got the biggest headache in the, like women, you think you have it bad because you get birth. Have you ever had a cold? Come on, man. Can I get an amen? <laughs> Come on. All the men say Amen. You don't know pain until you've had a cold. I couldn't move. I had no energy. I, I couldn't get out of bed. I was like, Lord, help me. I wanted to go to conference. And, 
And I wanted to go enjoy that first morning session, but I couldn't. I was, like, it was bad. I haven't been that sick, actually, in a long, long time. And I sat there in bed. I'm like, what am I going to do? Like, oh, my God, I was shaking. I was bad. Here I am in Sydney, right? I, I don't, I'm in a hotel. I don't have a car. I don't, I, don't, I don't know what to do. I can't go down and get an Uber because either way, I can't even move. I had no energy. I, I was extremely sick. I felt like I was like, going to die. Like, it was bad. I had no friends. Kenny left me. I, it was bad. I'm just like, what do I do? I don't have a car, an Uber, a kangaroo, nothing. Like, I just need a way to like, travel. And, and I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like, if I can just go down to like, a pharmacy, to a store, I know if I take some medicine, I'll be okay. And like, some hours pass by, and, and I was get, actually getting worse and worse and worse. And finally... I just texted Kenny and I said, hey, uh, when you leave conference, if you're not so busy, Mr. Spiritual Guy, can you, um, <laughs> I love Kenny, can you bring me some medicine? Like, I, I'm just really bad. Can you go down to the pharmacy and see what they say? And, and maybe about an hour later, Kenny showed up with a bunch of medicine. I'm talking about, he, he showed up with everything he could find. He's a good friend. And he brought a bunch of medicine over and I took it. And within a few minutes and actually within the hour, I felt better. And we were able to go to conference in the afternoon and night session. It was awesome. But, but I wanted access to something that was far from me. And I thought it could not come to where I was. There was no way I had access. Can I tell you, there, there's a problem, I believe, in most believers' life that we want access to what God has in heaven without realizing that God wants to give it to us here on earth. There's a lot of us that we want what God has in heaven without forgetting that our assignment is actually to bring heaven down to earth. We want what God has. We want his power. We want his love. We want his healing. We want God to move on our behalf. But we forget that we don't have to get to heaven to begin to experience all those things. You can have access to it now. You can bring heaven down to earth. Can I get an amen? I really believe that there's, there's actually some kind of confusion and distortion when it comes to our life with God. Because I think that many times what happens is that we think that our ultimate goal is just to make it to heaven. If I can just make it to the finish line, I'll be okay. But I really believe that life is not just about getting to the end goal. I really believe it's also about the journey to the destination. I think many times we think that God wants to do nothing in our journey. He just wants to save us and then take us to heaven. But God wants to move on your journey. God wants to empower you in this journey. God wants to help you in this journey. He wants to give you the power of the Holy Spirit so that you can walk, move, and breathe with him in a powerful relationship together with the Holy Spirit. And I wonder how many believers are living without the advantage, are living without the Holy Spirit in their life. Well, one day I'll just get to heaven and everything will be okay. And we live powerless lives. We live mediocre lives. We put limitations on our journey because we think God possibly can't move in my life. There's no way he can move in my life. Alex, if you only know where I've been, if, you, if you've only known what I've done, there's no way that God can empower me in this way. That's only for certain leaders or pastors, but... But I can't experience heaven on earth because of things that I've done. And I believe that a lot of us, I'm afraid, we put restrictions, limitations, and we hold back and we put boundaries on our callings and on our spirits and on our minds thinking that God possibly can't move on my behalf. And so how many years go by without seeing a powerful move of God in our lives because of what we think will hold back God? 
And so we live without power and we live without the advantage and we live without talking about the Holy Spirit because we say we can't. And ultimately, the big problem that happens, I believe, is that we live limited lives forgetting that we have an unlimited source. We have an unlimited source. Come on, we have a God of all power. We have a God who heals. We have a God who delivers. We have a God who's able to respond right when you call on, call on me and I will answer you and I'll show you mighty and powerful things. I do believe that we have a God that's able to do exceedingly abundantly above and beyond all we can ask, think, or imagine. We have a God that's powerful. We have a God who's sitting on the throne of heaven and he has all power, all dominion, all things belong to him and he wants to move on our behalf. And how many of us try to restrict him from moving on our life because many Mentally, we can't accept that God wants to do it. And so we put limitations on God and we live a limitful life. I'm just limited in every kind of way, restricted in every kind of way. God can't move in my life. And ultimately, we believe that we are alone. Can I tell you, you're not alone in this journey. Maybe you woke up this morning and you felt alone. Maybe you went to work this week and you felt alone. Maybe you got up in the morning at some point in these past seven days and you said, God, where are you? My family's struggling. My marriage is struggling. I'm in this walk and I feel like you're not with me. God, do you see what's going on in the world? I turn on the TV and I look on YouTube and I open up the newspaper and I look all over. All I see is sin and suffering. God, I feel alone. Are you off and at a dip? But I want to tell you, God did not leave us alone. He left us in advance. He left us the Holy Spirit. Oh, come on. You have a helper. He's with you here. He sees us suffering and he wants to use you and I to make a difference and bring heaven down to earth. If you believe that, can you give Jesus a big hand? Come on. He wants to use you and I to make a difference. We have a powerful helper. It's the Holy Spirit. And he wants to help us. And the Bible says that it is an advantage. So if I leave you with anything this morning, I'll tell you this. We have an advantage, so take advantage of the advantage. I wonder how many of us are not taking advantage of the advantage that God has given us. Come on, are you walking through this life without taking care and taking advantage of what the Holy Spirit came to do in our life? We have to take advantage of the Holy Spirit. In the book of John chapter 16, Jesus has been hanging around with his disciples. Like I can imagine Jesus, they're all there chilling, hanging out. They've been eating pita chips and hummus and hanging out and, and just enjoying some chipotle. And, and he's there hanging out with his disciples. And, and, and it's nearing the end of his life. He knows where he's going to be in a few weeks. And just imagine Jesus, right? Just imagine Jesus hanging out with his disciples. And there's Peter and James and John and, and all the rest of the disciples. They're all there. You know all their names. And they're all there hanging out. And, and he says... Um, Guys, I have some news. I'm about to go to the Father. They don't don't understand what he's saying. And he says, there's going to come a point in the near, near future where you'll no longer see me. But don't worry. It's to your advantage that I go to the Father. Now, if I was in this story, right? Like, if I was there in the circle with Jesus, and Jesus said, it is to... Your advantage that I go to the Father, I would interrupt Jesus right there. I don't know about you, but I would interrupt Jesus. I'd be like, wait, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute, Jesus. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What do you mean it's to your advantage that you leave? Jesus, I'm trying to hear you out. I like your plans, but I'm going to change your plans for you. 
It is to my advantage that you stay with me, Jesus. That's my advantage, right? That you stay with me. I mean, just picture this. They've been living with Jesus for three years. They've witnessed him do some power. Like, imagine living with Jesus. Imagine walking with him and seeing everything that he did. Come on, some of them, they were there when he turned water into wine. Anybody remember? Some of you, that's your favorite miracle. Mm-hmm. He, he was there when, they were there when he healed the leopard. <laughs> they, they were there when he grabbed the man with the withered arm and told him to put it away and bring it back out, and it came out healed. They were there when he forgave people. They were there when a demon-possessed man full of chains got delivered at the moment, they were there when he calmed down the storm and he said, peace be still. And the storms calmed down. They were there when Jesus grabbed a dead girl, 12 years old, and resurrected her back. Like they walked with Jesus for three years and witnessed this. And you're telling me it's an advantage that you're leaving? No, Jesus, change your plans. Call your assistant. You're staying with me forever. <laughs> I don't want you to go. Anybody like me? Come on. It is to my advantage that you stay. And you ain't going nowhere, Jesus. And Jesus says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth, he says. Hey, this is, this is not a lie. I know you're doubting it. I know you're fearful. But nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. There's wisdom in the plans of God. Maybe today you're in the midst of confusion. Can I tell you there's wisdom in every single plan of God? You, you put your life in the middle of his hand, and he will work out all things for the good of those who love him. This morning, you may be confused. This morning, you may be afraid. This morning, you may be full of doubt. But can I tell you, I've been there. There's been nights where I have no idea what God is doing. But nevertheless, I tell you the truth. Oh, come on. God is a God of perfection. There's wisdom in all things that he allows. Wisdom in everything that he planned. And he's planning this with a purpose. Because God, the almighty God of heaven, had confined himself to a human body. And in a human body, he was restricted to certain things. God is unrestricted. Don't get me wrong. There's no limit in what God can do. But he restricted himself to a human body. And being in a human body, there was only several things that he could do. For example, he couldn't be in all places at the same time. You remember the story one time when four friends were taking their friend that was paralyzed. They wanted to go see Jesus. And they went to the house. And the house, it looked like they were throwing a black party. Everybody was there. Everybody wanted to talk to Jesus. They were looking, trying to get inside the house. And what did they end up doing? They climbed the roof. They climbed the roof and ahí se pusieron a inventar and they opened up a roof on the home, right? They opened up a hole in the roof and they lowered their friend down right in front of Jesus because they're like, we just need to get our friend to Jesus. Because Jesus could only be at one place at one time. Imagine 2,000 years later, we're over 2 point something billion of Christians will be trying to get to Jesus today. Imagine if Jesus was chilling in Jerusalem right now and all of us will be landing in Tel Aviv at the same time. There'll be no space. There'll really be no room at the end. <laughs> that was corny. Um, <laughs> we'll all be getting to Jerusalem. Like, we, we couldn't possibly all get to Jesus. And so the spirit that was inside of Jesus, the Holy Spirit of God that was residing in Jesus, when he ascends to the Father, now is able to be distributed to each and every single one of us. And now the spirit that lived in him lives in me and lives in you. And we can walk with him every day. We can talk with him every day. We can have relationship with him every day. Oh, come on. It is to your advantage that I go. 
we have an advantage, and that is that the Holy Spirit is with us today. Now, he wants to fill you. He wants to walk with you. He wants to have a relationship with you. The problem is that oftentimes we don't talk about the Holy Spirit. Right? We talk about the Trinity, and we mention this word Trinity, that God is one in three and three in one. But we usually really talk about two-thirds of the Trinity. We talk about the Father a whole lot. We love the Father, right? We love the Father. Oh, I love the Father. Abba! Right? We talk about the Father a whole lot. We talk about the Son a whole lot. We love Jesus, but we barely talk about the Holy Spirit. And so we forget what I think is actually one of the most vital and important parts of the Trinity, which is the Holy Spirit that comes to empower us and live inside of us. And I think sometimes we don't talk about the Holy Spirit because there's been some trauma or abuse in the past when it comes to the Holy Spirit. We just started talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and we mentioned the series, and so, oh, this church is about to get weird. Oh, my God, right? We just already start getting pressed up, and we're like, ah, I don't know about this. Oh, my, there's going to be some people flying all over the auditorium. This thing is going to get really weird. Oh, my God, right? Because we've been subject to abuse. And because we've seen some abuse of the gifts, we decide then to neglect the Holy Spirit. But can I tell you, neglect is abuse as well. We can't neglect the Holy Spirit. Come on, he's part of the Trinity. It's the Father, it's the Son, and it's the Spirit. The Father loves me, the Son saves me, but the Spirit empowers me. So we need to talk about the Holy Spirit. As a church, we decided we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, that he wants to come and fill us. He wants to walk with us every single day. He wants to submerge us. He wants to baptize us. And he wants to give us and show us the advantage that we have because he's living inside of us. Come on, anybody want more of the Holy Spirit? He comes to help you and I. It's the Holy Spirit. And I think we've all seen some weird things. I grew up in a charismatic home with charismatic parents. And I went to some weird church events. So I'm telling you, I've witnessed some of these things, right? I remember being like six years old and I went to this church service and everybody started speaking in tongues. And I'm like, what in the world is going on? Like, Jesus, take me now. Like, this is weird. Right? Like, I don't know what is going on. We've been subject to these kind of things. People taking it out of order. But I believe that you can do things in decency and in order, like the Bible says. Remember, I went to a youth camp one time. First time I went to a youth camp where I saw all kind of things. Not like the youth camp we're about to have. It's going to be really awesome. But <laughs> this youth camp I went, and at night, they just started laying hands on uh, all the youth. They called the youth to move forward. And, and I was like, what am I doing here? Like, I, and again, I grew up with some of this stuff, but my parents were very graceful. And, and I was there with a bunch of friends, and I was like, what are we doing? Like, oh, my God. And, and so a bunch of people were going forward, and they were putting hands on them, and some people were falling back. You ever seen that? Right, and some of them were faking it. Some of them were in real falls. They're courtesy falls. Some of you have done courtesy falls before. Like, okay, I'm just, I guess I gotta fall. I gotta <laughs> and I remember I went up there like, I, mean, I, ain't, I ain't gonna fall. You, what are you gonna do? You're gonna lay hands on me. I ain't going nowhere. But can I tell you, all I know is the next thing that I know, I opened up my eyes and I was staring at the roof. The power of the Holy Spirit is real. There's nothing to be afraid of. It comes to empower you. It comes to heal you. It comes to give you power as you live this life out. And I remember that maybe I saw a little bit of abuse and some things happening that were a little bit out of the ordinary. But just because some people abused it doesn't mean we we should neglect it. The power of the Holy Spirit is real. He wants to refresh your life. He comes to give you power. He comes to give you life. He comes to help you be a witness. The Holy Spirit wants to fill you today. 
The Holy Spirit is not forgotten in the Trinity. We see the Holy Spirit all the way at the beginning of the Bible. Go to Genesis chapter 1, and right there we see the Holy Spirit. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, it says this. It says, it, Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. All the way at the beginning of the Bible, we see the Spirit of God. We see the Holy Spirit hovering over the waters. When it says the Spirit there, in the Hebrew is the word ruach. It literally means a breath or a wind, right? In the New Testament, whenever you see the word spirit, they use the word pneuma in the Greek, pneuma. It literally means a blast, a breath of air. I really believe that. I need a blast of heaven in my life. Come on. I want Jesus to breathe on me. I want the Holy Spirit to breathe on my life, to breathe on my marriage, to breathe on my family, to breathe on my finances. I don't want to live this life alone. Come on. Anybody want fresh wind and fresh fire from heaven? God, Father, breathe on me. And so we need the Holy Spirit to come and just fresh wind. And I'm praying for our church that we will step into a new level and a new season. I'm praying for times of revival at Calvary. I'm praying for times of revival in your marriage, in your family, with your sons and your daughters. I'm praying for times of healing. I'm praying for times of freedom. I'm praying that we would be awakened and open up our eyes and there'll be a fresh wind and a fresh fire from heaven. Maybe you've been in a drought. Maybe you've been in a dry season. Can I tell you, the Holy Spirit wants to rain down on your life and give you a fresh wind and a fresh fire. Can I get an amen? There's nothing to be afraid of. Maybe you've been exposed to some of this stuff in the past, but can I tell you, he's your friend? Come on, he's the comforter. He's the counselor. He's the one that's going to reveal all truth and lead you in all truth. I really believe that some of us in here, what we've been needing for a long time is a fresh touch from heaven. And you've been in a, you've been in a rut. You've been stuck. You've been in this dry place in your walk with God. And and it looks like you had everything down. You've been attending services and you've been doing your devotionals and you've been going to connect group and you're wondering, why do I feel dry? Why do I feel like I'm just in this season? And I literally felt in my spirit this morning that there's been some people that you've been in a drought. You've been in a spiritual drought. And what God wants to do is that he wants to blow a fresh wind and a fresh fire in your life. And he wants to rain down. This doesn't happen to me often, but last night I stayed up late going over the message. And for a moment, I literally almost like heard rain from heaven. And this doesn't happen to me often. I'm not, you guys know, I'm not that weird guy. You know there's some weird people when it comes to spiritual things. There's some people that are so excited for this series. They can't wait to get really weird. (laughs) So we're going to hold them back a little bit. No, just kidding. But we are. Um, But... But it was almost like I felt rain. Dan, I was already asleep. I was praying over the message and just getting ready for this morning. And, and I literally felt that. And this morning I was reminded. And God says, I want to rain down on some people's lives. I don't know where you are, but he, you, you need a fresh touch from heaven. You need more of the Holy Spirit. I need more of the Holy Spirit. It's not to be afraid of. He's your friend, the counselor, the advocate. It's an advantage that we have him. Three things really quick that the Holy Spirit comes to do where we're running out of time. Number one, the Holy Spirit is a promise for you. He's a promise for you. God gives us a bunch of promises in Scripture, but can I tell you the Holy Spirit is one of them. One of the most precious promises in Scripture is that we would have the Holy Spirit. What would come down and descend on the prophets of old and then would go back up in the Old Testament 
now in the New Testament comes to rain down and stay with us forever. These were days that prophets longed for. These were days that old believers looked forward to when he would fill us with his power, with his spirit, and with his glory. And what the prophet Joel says in Joel chapter 2, verses 20 and 29, there's a vision he got from God. I will pour out my spirit on all people, not some people, not just some pastors, not just some leaders, but on all people. On your sons and your daughters, they will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. It's a promise. The Holy Spirit was going to come down and fall on some people. Jesus, as he's hanging out with his disciples in the book of John, look what he says in John, I believe it's chapter 14, says this, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, it says, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things, and he'll remind you of everything I have said to you. Jesus, is a promise. The Father's going to send him to you. Jesus, in the book of Acts, right before he ascends, Acts chapter 1, verses 4 through 5, it says, on one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Jesus says, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift. My father, what? Promise. The Holy Spirit is a promise for you and I. It says, wait for the promise which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized you with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Can I tell you, God wants to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And maybe there's been a misunderstanding of that and you don't know what that means. I really believe that in scripture we see three baptisms. We get baptized into the church body, meaning when we get saved, when we raise our hand, when we make a confession of faith, we get baptized into the name of Jesus, into the body. And then there's water baptism where this is the second next step in our life where we do here every so often. We go outside and it's just a symbolic representation that new life has come and we leave the old behind and come alive. That's water baptism. Number three, we see a spirit baptism. You will be baptized with fire. But the moment we get saved, the Holy Spirit comes and seals our hearts. But then he wants to fill us, baptize us, submerge us in his presence. Fill us. I think some people, they need a, a refill of the Holy Spirit. To be baptized again, to be submerged. And say, Holy Spirit, fill me now. It's a promise for you. And it's a promise for me. So we have to get over the past, get over what we've been exposed to and maybe what you've seen on TV that has been weird and just say, man, if the Holy Spirit is in charge of regeneration, I better get to know the life giver. If he's in charge of new life, I want to walk with him. It's a promise for me. He's my friend, the advocate, the counselor, the comforter. Today, I, I want to tell you that make it your personal responsibility to get to know this promise. It's a personal promise for me and for you, number one. The promise is for you. Can I tell you? Number two, he comes to give us power to witness. He comes to give us power to witness. The Holy Spirit, what does he come for? Well, he comes to be our advocate, our counselor, our comforter, to lead us in all truth. But he also comes to give us power to witness. To be better witnesses about the name of Jesus. And this is what I'm praying, Calvary, that all of us would be full of the Holy Spirit. And that we'll go to our offices, we'll go to our workplace, we'll go to our schools. And we will be a witness about Jesus because we are full of the Holy Spirit. Come on, he comes to give you power to witness in spite of your weakness. You may be weak and you may have a lot of faulty areas, so do I. But we have a God that comes to give us power in spite of our weakness. The Bible says that Peter, he denied Jesus three times. Completely messed up, faulted. 
went away weeping and hiding. And just a couple chapters later in another book, we see him full of the Holy Spirit. After the Holy Spirit comes and baptizes him, he stands up, he preaches the gospel, and 3,000 people get saved. Come on, when you're full of the Holy Spirit, it doesn't matter what your weakness is. You get power to become a witness. I don't know about you, but I want to witness about Jesus everywhere that I go. And I need the power of the Holy Spirit. Have you ever been in a situation where you want to preach about Jesus and you want to tell somebody about Jesus, but, but you're feeling like a little bit ashamed or afraid and you're like, what, what are they going to say? Right? If I walk in right now, they're all in the cafeteria room. All right, it's coffee break at the workplace. I'm going to go in there and invite them to church. I got all these flyers. Oh my, what am I going to do? I'm just going to go in there. You ever had one of those moments where you're just like, all right, I'm going to go? No, not right now. They, they don't want to hear about Jesus right now. Like, you ever have moments like that? Come on. And you're like, what am I going to say? I don't have the words. The Bible says that when the Holy Spirit comes on you, you will receive power to be a witness. All of a sudden, you'll stand up in the middle of the cafeteria. You'll stand up in the middle of a bus. You'll stand up in the middle of a park and you'll say, I know the answer. His name is Jesus. I know the solution. You will have power to witness. Look what Jesus says in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. It says, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place, and suddenly a sound like the blowing of a wind came from heaven, and they were filled the house where they were sitting. They saw what they seemed to be tongues of fire. Separated came and, and fell on each of them, and all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Right? The Holy Spirit will fill you. All of a sudden, you begin to praise God and be a witness to him, no matter where you go. Heard a story of a preacher recently, and there's a preacher that's well-known, now preaches around the world. And he said when he was going to Bible college, you know, he was kind of like a timid guy and an introvert. And, and one day as he left one of the classes, somebody came up to him and, and said, hey, God literally told me just to come up to you and, and share this with you. The guy was moving and operating the gifts of the Holy Spirit and gave him a word of prophecy, a word of knowledge, and says, hey, you're, you're going you're to be used mightily for the name of Jesus, and he's going to empower you. And he says he prayed for him, and then he blew in his face, and he was like, what in the world? Why did this guy just blow in my face? You can't explain it, and he has no idea why the guy did this, and he says he never saw the guy again. He didn't know who the guy was. The guy left. But he says from that day on, something happened in his life where all of a sudden he just felt like he had this power from heaven to be a witness. And now he's one of the greatest preachers preaching around the world. Can I tell you, there is power in the Holy Spirit that when he comes upon you, come on, he will use you in a mighty and powerful way. Today he wants to fill you. I'm going to ask the band to come up and we'll close up with this. Number one is a promise for you. Number, one, number two is a power to witness. And number three, he comes to provide you with gifts. The Holy Spirit comes as to your advantage that Jesus will leave because when he left, the Holy Spirit would come. And when he comes, he comes to provide you and I with gifts. This series, we're going to talk about spiritual gifts. I'm excited about it. And I think there's been a lot of confusion about spiritual gifts. But I think we're going to talk about it with some order, with some decency, and we're going to explain what spiritual gifts is. But I, re- I really, really believe in my heart that across this church, two locations, almost 2,000 people, there is not one single person that is giftless in our church. The Holy Spirit comes and he wants to fill you and use you and he wants to give you gifts. Maybe your gifts is administration. Maybe it's leadership. Maybe it's tongues. Maybe it's interpretation of tongues. Maybe it's prophecy. We're going to talk about all of them over the next few weeks. There's nothing to be afraid of. There's not going to be no weird stuff, right? But we are going to believe for the power of the Holy Spirit to move in our church. And we're going to believe for the power of the Holy Spirit to move in our lives because he comes with gifts. Can I get an amen? amen. The Bible says that he fell on the, on the disciples and they were all filled with gifts.
And from then on, the church took off and literally has gone around the world for the past 2,000 years making a difference because of the power of the Holy Spirit. And I believe he wants to do it in your life. I'll leave you with this last quote. This is Pastor Charles Spurgeon who lived in London and England and, and led one of the greatest moves of God in the 1800s. And toward the end of his life, look at what he says. This is a quote from him. He says, if there were only one prayer which I might pray before I die, it should be this. Lord, send thy church men filled with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Can I tell you, church, we don't need more lights. We don't need some cool fog machines. That's all great. We don't need some cool logos and designs and all that. I love all that, but we don't need more of that. We don't need cool church merch. What we need is the power of the Holy Spirit. What we need is the church to be full of the Holy Spirit, fresh wind and fresh fire. Come on, can we get up on our feet? I'm going to ask all of us to stand up on our feet. and Come on, for a moment, can we just close our eyes and lift up our hands all across this place? Tonight, we'll have a little bit more time to pray for people. But, but before we go, I'm just going to ask the Holy Spirit to fill us. Come on, I don't know about you, but I need more of the Holy Spirit. I need more of his power. Come on, with hands raised across this auditorium. Come on, if you're in here this morning, you're saying, Holy Spirit, I need more of you. Holy Spirit, I want you to rain down on my life. Oh, come on, I believe it. I heard rain from heaven. Come on, I can hear the rain falling. Oh, Lord, let it rain. Let it rain in our life. Let it rain in our marriages. Let it rain in our homes. Holy Spirit, we need a breath of fresh air. Wind of the Holy Spirit. Oh, send your breeze. Send your rain, God, that we would be awakened to a new season, that we would walk in revival with you, walking with you, knowing your word, your voice. God, that we would feel you and be empowered by you. God, you know every hand that's lifted. I pray that you rain down on your people this morning. I pray that you rain down on our church. Holy Spirit, we want more of you. Holy Spirit, we desire more of you. Come on, if you want more of the Holy Spirit, can you lift up your hands this morning? And can you tell them, Jesus, I want you. Come on, if you're with your spouse, grab the hand of your spouse. Lift up your hands and say, God, rain down on our marriage. Rain down on our home. Rain down on our lives this morning, God. Holy Spirit, we desire more of you. We need more of you, Holy Spirit. Follow fresh on us. I pray that you would open up eyes. I pray that you would open hearts to walk in a new season with you. I pray for times of revival. I pray for times of healing and times of glory. I pray that the God that we read in scripture begins to move in our church and in our city and in our lives. Oh, Father, let it rain. Rain down on our lives. Those who have been in a spiritual drought and in a dry season, I pray in Jesus' name. Open heavens over your life. In Jesus' name, that the rain of heaven will fall. And that you'll feel a fresh breath of air from heaven over you. We want more of you, Holy Spirit. We need you, Jesus. Fill your church with your power. Breathe on us this morning, God. Thank you for the advantage. Come on, anybody grateful that we have access? Thank you, Jesus. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Come on, with every eye closed, with every head bowed. Maybe you're in here this morning and you say, Alex, I'm far from God. I don't have a relationship with God. Maybe you're in here this morning and you say, Alex, I would love to know the Holy Spirit. and I would love to walk with the Holy Spirit. And I heard everything you're talking about, but I, I think God wants nothing to do with me. Because I've messed up too much. I've done too much wrong. 
I've done too much damage. And maybe you're in here doubting God's love for you. Can I tell you, God knows where you've been, what you've done, and he loves you still. He's a good God. And I believe that he didn't bring you in here by coincidence. But he brought you in here to remind you how much he loves you. And I'm believing that today you're going to step into a brand new relationship with God. I want to pray for anybody here this morning that says, Alex, I want Jesus to come into my life. I want a relationship with God. Maybe you've been far from God. Maybe you knew God at one point, but you say, I'm coming home. I'm opening up my heart. I want Jesus to come. I want him to forgive me of all of my sins. The Bible says that sin separates us from God. But Jesus came to unite us back to the Father. Come on, with every eye closed, with every head bowed, I'm going to ask the entire church to pray. If you're here today, you say, Alex, that's me. Pray for me. I want forgiveness for my sins. I want a relationship with God. I'm going to count to three in a moment. When I count to three, I'm not going to ask you to come up to the front. I'm not going to ask you to say your name. I'm not going to give you a microphone. None of that. In fact, every eye closed, every head bowed. Come on, in a moment of privacy, in a moment of prayer, if you're in here, you say, Alex, I want a brand new start in my life. I want forgiveness of my sins. I want a relationship with God. At the count of three, I want you to raise your hand as high as you can so I can see you. More importantly, I believe God has seen you take the step of faith. You're saying, God, I need you. I believe in Jesus. And I believe that today he's going to forgive you of your sins and you're going to start life brand new. If that's you, at the count of three, raise your hand. One, two, three. Raise your hand all over this place. Come on, can you raise it up a little bit higher? Hands all over my right-hand side. Hands all over the middle. Hands all over to the left side. God bless you. 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 I see you. See you. I 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 see you. God bless you. God bless you. Awesome. Awesome. Hands all over the place. Father, thank you so much for all of your children making a decision to come back home and start a relationship with you. With eyes closed and head bowed, all of you who raise your hand, I'm going to lead you in a simple prayer. I want you to repeat this prayer after me. In fact, the whole church, we're going to say it together as a family. Say this out loud. I believe that the Spirit of God is here. Come on, let's say this together. Say, Father, thank you for today. Thank you for this opportunity. I admit that I'm a sinner and that my sin separates me from you. Jesus, I believe. You're the son of God, that you died for my sins, and on the third day, you resurrected. Come into my life, be my Lord, and be my Savior. From today on, I am forgiven, and I'm saved. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. Come on, church, can we give them a big, big hand? Come on. My God.